Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. City Life. Hello. We are at the IMAX getting ready to see Spider-Man and we will miss you for service, but we have a treat in store. I got to meet Jamie when I drove several hours up to Ross Common because when a friend calls you and says you need to meet a friend and that's a trusted source, that source being Pastor Joey Ferjanic of Block Church in Philadelphia says, look, my buddy who helped plant Block Church, who's out here and is a traveling minister and a legendary coach and speaker, he's gonna be coming to Michigan, I want you to meet him. And that interaction of meeting him and driving all the way up to Ross Common for a window that was only like an hour, led to now a friend of a friend becoming a friend. Now, he is a husband, he is a father, and he is a speaker extraordinaire, and he is a motivator, and he eats, sleeps, and breathes God's dream, which is his team, the local church. So I want you to give a warm welcome today, all the way from Philadelphia Block Church, to Jamie. Stand to your feet, what up? Come on, church, I've got good news for you today, and that's the healer is in the room. The way maker is in the room. The restorer is in the room, and his name is Jesus. That's the good news today. Oh, man, what an honor it is to be with you, Pastor Jerome, wherever you went. Thank you. I was like, dude, whoever he's talking about, that guy is awesome, And then he said my name, and I was like, why are you lying about me, bro? (laughs) Oh, man, I have come with the best news possible, and that's Jesus is in the house today. Jesus is in the room. Jesus is right here, right now, and he is ready to meet you wherever you are. And that's the best news possible. So if this is your first time here at City Life, welcome. The good news is I won't be back next week. You'll get a better looking and a better preacher in the house, okay? So you got to stick with me this week. If you have been to church every single week since you were in your mama's womb, which is me I've got good news. Jesus is in the room. Whether it's the first time or the 5,000th time that you've been in church, I've come to tell you that there's something special that's going to happen in this service. Jesus knew that you were coming here, and he set it up for you to be right. You could have been anywhere else. It is 4th of July weekend. You should have been on vacation. You should have been laying on the beach somewhere. You should be sleeping in, but instead you are in the house, which means God has something special for you. If you believe it, say amen. Let me introduce myself because you're like, who is this crazy guy? My name is Jamie, Holy Spirit Fingers, okay, okay. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I was born and raised in Orlando, Florida. Has anybody been to Orlando before? Oh, yeah. I used to want to punch Mickey in the face, okay? Like all you crazy people there causing traffic to get unbelievable. And so I grew up there, and then that is where I met my wife. And, uh, and then we lived in Daytona Beach, Florida. And from Daytona Beach, Florida, we moved all the way to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
And that was the craziest move of our life. We lived in a retirement community in Daytona Beach. And uh, we lived right next to the ocean. And then the Lord asked us to go to Philadelphia to the inner city right outside of the largest open-air drug market in the Northeast. And where drug deals happen right outside of my house on a regular basis. And uh, very scary to me at the time and very unsafe. But what I realized is just as much as people love, uh, just as much as God loves people in Orlando and in Daytona, he so loves the people in Philadelphia. And the good news is he loves the people right here in Lansing, Michigan. He's the same God there as he is here. He's the same God in South America. He's the same God all around the world in China, everywhere in Asia. He's the same God wherever you go, and he loves his people. And the cool thing is, is he will send you and use you to go to the uttermost parts of the world to share the good news of the gospel. And so my wife and I landed right there in Philadelphia. Recently, we had a baby, so I have a three-month-old son who I am just, cr- I never knew that I could be so infatuated with a human being. I mean, I'm obsessed with him. He is, I call him, all, he's my little buddies. So every time I see him, I'm like, what's up, little buddies? And, uh, and so he, man, he's cute. My wife, I wish I had a picture, I don't, but my, I, I'm married way up. I mean, way up. Okay, I have a good friend in the room today. Her name is Diamond. She's sitting there in the back. Hi, Diamond. Uh, She is from Detroit, and she loves her city, okay? She loves her city, and uh, she knows my wife, and she can testify that my wife is the bomb.com. She is gorgeous. Oh, you... You want to know how you want to know how I uh, how I how I met her and how I got her to marry me? I'm gonna tell you anyways, even if you don't. So this is some dating advice. Listen, this is dating. The first service didn't get this. Worship leader said second service is better. First service isn't here to hear this, so that's fine. Here's some dating advice. Okay, so I, I was at a conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Right. This is where uh, this is where I met my wife. Now I grew up with her. We were at the same. We both grew up in Orlando. I was there for a conference. She happened to be at the same conference. Somebody else asked me to go to lunch and brought her with. Okay, so it was like a setup blind date thing that really wasn't a setup blind date. She didn't know that, but that's what it turned into. And so I'm sitting there, and then across the table from me was the most gorgeous girl that I'd ever laid eyes on in my entire life. And I was like, Lord, you're gonna work this out. You love me, Jesus. God, you know, yes, God. And so, and so I got home, I got home, and of course, you know, I got her number because you gotta, you've got to get the number. And so I got her cell phone number, and, uh, and then we were back home. This is a week later, and we're texting, and uh, she goes, she asked me this question. She goes, what are you doing tonight? And I was smooth, okay? So I texted her back, and I was like, taking you to dinner. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing tonight, girl. You better believe it. And um, <clears throat> that was stupid. And, um, and, so, <laughs> and so she texts me back and she goes, she goes, no, you're not. I'm going to prayer meeting. Mm. Trying to blame Jesus. Okay. Okay. I'm going to blame Jesus. But she was really going to prayer meeting because she's way more spiritual than I am. And, uh, and, so, and so, so I texted her back and I was like, that's fine. I'm taking you to coffee. You know, it's coffee. She texts me back. She's like, no, you're not. I'm fasting. You're going to play hard to get. I see how it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Girl, I look good. You know you, know you want to be with me. And, uh, and so, uh, and, uh, and so, and so I texted her back. I was like, fine. I'm picking you up after prayer meeting. 
and I'm just going to drive you around Orlando. And she just texts back, okay. And uh, <laughs> so I rolled up, picked her up. Uh, we drove around. I got some coffee. A side note, when I got coffee, back then, I used to be a lot bigger. I was like almost 80 pounds bigger. And uh, so I knew if she loved me big, she'd love me when I got skinny. And so, um, and then, so I went through the drive-thru of Starbucks, and uh, I'd always get whole milk, right, in my coffee. And uh, so when I pulled up and I went to pay, the, the barista looked at me and was like, hello, whole milk boy. How are you today? And uh, <laughs> that's totally a side note. I don't know why I just told you that. And, um, and so... And so we drove around, I dropped her off, and then I was like, I was like, about that dinner, I'm taking you next week to dinner, okay? I'm taking you next week. And I, I shined my car up, I made it look really, really pretty, the best I could, and I went and I picked her up, and then I took her to the nicest restaurant that I knew of in Orlando, okay? Who, who has heard of the restaurant Bonefish? Bonefish. Who knows Bonefish? Okay, Bonefi- Bonefish is good. Bonefish is good. Wednesday, bang, bang, shrimp, half price, okay? It's good. But there's this place in Orlando called Fishbones. Yeah, you already know. It's on another level, okay? So I saved up all of my pennies, okay? And I took her to Fishbones. Well, I figured when the server came over and she ordered, like, you know, it's the first date, first time we've been out, she was going to order uh, a salad. You know what I'm saying? But her dad raised her right. So they go, what do you want? And she goes, I want the swordfish and the filet mignon. I was like, are we fighting? Are we fighting? Where are the swords? Where's the sword? So I looked at the menu, and, uh, and um, I was like, it says market price. What does market price mean? I don't know what this market is. Like, do I get to market or do you get to market? Like, who picks the price? And he's like, sir, it's whatever the market price of the fish is. And he goes, what do you want? And I was like, yeah, um, can I get a kid's cheeseburger? And um, can I get a diet water with no ice? Can you, like, take something off my bill because I don't got ice in it and I got diet in my water? Like, dude, I need help. And so she orders, she eats, and then the bill comes. And so I don't know how your money works, but like my money works a little different. And so I was like, I don't know that I, I looked at the bill and I go, oh my Lord, I could have bought a house for this. And so I said, can, can you excuse me? And I went to the bathroom and I was texting all my friends, calling everybody. Can you Venmo me? Can you cash at me? Can you Zelle pay me? Can you show up and give me money? Like, like, I don't know if you've ever been spiritual with the ATM before, but you know the ATM only spits out 20s. You know what I'm saying? And you put your card in, and you're like, in the name of Jesus, God, this one time. Ah, yeah, God, right, right now, Jesus. I was getting spiritual with the ATM. I was like, I got $17.22. You better spit out a $20. I mean, just give me something, Lord. And so I get back, and uh, I sit down, and the server comes back, and I was like, okay, so, like, you're going to have to use this card for this amount. I said, looked at her. I said, can you turn around and close your ears? And then you need to use this card and this card. By the way, you take Applebee's gift cards? I mean, anything. I... And so I finished paying the bill, and, uh, and we left. And listen, baby, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. You know what I'm saying? And I put a ring on that finger within four months. Within four months, we were married within 14 months from there. And then we went on our honeymoon. See, what she didn't know was that after that dinner, I left my job, my full-time job, <laughs> quit my full-time job to travel and preach the gospel full-time. She didn't know that. 
She's like, oh, you got a nice car. You're taking me to a nice dinner. I mean, this is going to be a nice relationship, okay? I was like, what you don't know is I'm broke, okay? And so, so I left because like, you don't get in ministry for the money, if you know what I'm saying. And so, and so like, I, I, I went on the road full time, right? And so we got on our honeymoon, and uh, we, we, we were on a cruise. And uh, by the way, for all my theologians in the house, we're going to get to the Bible, okay? Calm down. And, uh, and so <laughs> when is this guy ever going to get to the Bible? He's just telling jokes. No, we're going to get there. Don't worry. And, uh, and so <laughs> uh, laughter is the best medicine for the soul. Come on, somebody. Some of you need to laugh today. You walked in so mad. Your arms are crossed. You're frowning. Come on, put a smile on. Get glad. And, uh, and so we're on, we're, on, we're on the cruise, and my wife looks at me, and she goes, I want to go swim with the dolphins. I was like, well, that ain't happening. And she's like, I was like, okay, so let's go swim. She goes, no, 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 it's an excursion. Anybody been on a cruise before? Yeah, it's an excursion. And the excursion is like your life savings plus your left leg, okay? An excursion. That's the price. And, uh, and so I'm looking at her, and I'm going, we can't do that. And she goes, why not? And, she go, and I go, because we can't afford it. You should have seen the look on my wife's face. She goes, where's the money? I looked right back at her. I didn't miss a beat. I said, you remember that sore fish and filet mignon? <laughs> I said, baby, you got a chance. You could either eat the fish or swim with the fish, and you chose to eat the fish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's one or the other. You cannot have both. You're like, why is that girl still with you? <laughs> she goes, she responded to me, and she goes, I expected more out of this. Have you ever said that in your life? Have you ever been in a scenario, in a situation where you said, I expected more? I walked in thinking I was going to get this, but instead I got that. Have you ever looked at God and said, God, I expected more out of you? You know, I show up to church, I give my tithes, I'm a part of a small group, I serve on a regular basis. God, I read my Bible, I worship, I pray, I give all that I am. God, do you see my current circumstance and my current situation? Do you understand what I'm going through? Because if you would, I thought you would do something different, God. I expected more out of you. Your expectation, your expectation usually drives your experience and drives your attitude. But I've come to tell you that God does things different than the way we do things. He always shows up on time, which is his time. We see in the Bible with Lazarus, Lazarus died and Lazarus was dead for four days. And people are murmuring and they're complaining and they're going, Lazarus is dead. Jesus missed it. And then Jesus walked right up there and he said, Lazarus, you, Lazarus, you get up and you walk out of that tomb. And guess what happened? That boy got up and he walked out of the tomb. And I've come to tell you that in your dead situation, the thing that you think is gone, the thing that you think is over, the dream that has died up, God is not late to the party. God is right on time. But all you have to do is stay faithful long enough to see the thing come to pass in your life. Hebrews 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Ah, uh, here we go. I'm excited. This is second service. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says this. Now faith. Somebody say faith. Come on, shout it out. Say faith. faith. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Oh, 
Faith, certain of what we hope for. Certain of it. We know it. It's going it's, it's to come to pass. It's a hope. We're hoping for it. But, it. but we don't see it. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. We're sure of it. We're certain of it, of what we do not see. Here's what's interesting about the scripture. The Bible never says that it's not there. The Bible simply says that you do not see it. Your breakthrough, the thing that you've been looking for, the thing that you've been expecting God to do in your life, the healing, the financial blessing, the restoration in your marriage, all of the things that you need in your life that you're asking God for, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's that you don't see it yet. But God was before all and God will be after all and God knows everything and God sees everything and before the creation of the world, the Bible says in Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I set you apart. God knew you long before you were ever in your mother's womb. God knew you long before you were ever in this situation. God knows where you're going tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next year. But you have to be committed long enough and you have to be in faith long enough to see those things come to pass. The problem is, uh, here we go. The problem is we'll get so mad and we'll get so frustrated at life that then we turn our back on God and then we never see it come to pass. And then years later, we point our finger at God and go, see God, it never happened. Well, I've come to say, Look at, look at the decisions that have been made over the course of time and have you been connected to the Father and to the King long enough to actually see his goodness come to pass? I, I, I would say this, the fact that you're in this room and you're breathing, you have a purpose. The fact that you woke up this morning means you have a purpose. The fact that you are living means you have a purpose. The fact that you are here, you're around people, that you are able to move, whether it's by wheelchair or whether it's by your legs, however it is, the fact that you've gotten to this room means that God has a purpose for you. Ah. What, what, do you, what do you know about purpose, Jamie? What, 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 what do you know about it? I see you up there, and, and yeah, you're preaching, and you got the microphone. You don't know my story, and you don't know how I got here. Yeah, I see your coat jacket. Thank you very much on the sale rack. Ah, come on. I see your gold watch. Yeah, somebody gave it to me as a gift. Hello. Come on, somebody. You don't know my story. You don't know where I've come from. A family that was on welfare. A, a parent of mine who was addicted to drugs and alcohol and still is today. Uh, who, who is in and out of jail. A family that is ravished in poverty. That's ravished in health issues. That so many things didn't work out the way that I thought they were going to work out. My mom had me and got pregnant when she was 17 years old. Baby, I was a mistake. I shouldn't be here today. I shouldn't be standing on this platform. I could have made all the excuses in the world. I don't have enough money. I don't have the right family. I, wasn't grown, I didn't grow up in the right zip code. I was a mistake from birth. But instead, I realized that God takes everything. And the Bible says he works all things for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes. So instead of making excuses, I said, God, why don't you just use me right where I'm at? I don't, I don't have a master's degree. I don't have a doctorate degree. You're not standing in front of somebody that, that has all of the things. I don't have millions of dollars in my bank account. I, I don't drive a fancy car. I don't have a large house. You're standing or you're sitting in front of somebody who's standing here that is only here by the goodness and the grace of God. But it was a decision to say, God, you use what's left because when you take what's left, you do your best. 
Because I can't take any of the glory and I can't take any of, any of the honor for it. It's all about him and what he's done in my life. And I've come to tell you, this is good news, second service. It's good news. God will do the same in your life. What you think is trash, God will turn into treasure. What you think is lost and broken and defeated, God is a specialist in turning it around. You say, I have a dream, but my dream has died. Not with God it hasn't. You say, I had an opportunity, but the opportunity has passed. Not with God. God is in the business of taking broken people in broken situations and turning them around for his glory. The Bible says that he works all things. Friend, all things. Not some things. Not one thing. He works all things out for the good of those that love him and are called, called according to his purpose. And today, if you love Jesus and you're called according to his purpose, which if you love him, you are, he'll work everything out for the good. Romans tells me this. This is the best news possible. Romans tells me that when I'm in Christ Jesus, when I give my life to him, that I am an heir and a co-heir with Christ. That means I have access to everything he has access to. You realize that the family you're in, you have access to whatever they have access to, right? So whatever your family has, because you are family, you have access to that. So you could look at your current situation and go, well, I only have access to this. That's your earthly family. But when you are in Christ Jesus and you have a heavenly father, you have access to everything that's in heaven. You have access to all of the provision. You have access to all of the joy. You have access to all of the peace. You have access to every single thing that you need. Psalm 23 verse 1 says that I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So stop looking at your lack and start looking at God. Because what you see here, what you see now is only temporary to the thing that God has for you in the future. But you have to stay strong enough, long enough, and faithful to see God move. The Bible tells me in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. By the way, that was my introduction. I only have an hour and a half left to go. I'm just kidding. I'm getting you out this mug in 10 minutes. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this. Now to him who is able. Now to him who is able. To do immeasurably more than anything that I ask or that I imagine. When I read that scripture, my whole world changed. Everything. I said, God the Bible tells me that you are able to do more than anything I ask of you and anything that I can imagine. The Bible tells me that you will meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory. I understand, God, that you're not a genie in a bottle. I understand, Lord, that when I, when I ask you for things, that doesn't mean you're going to give them to me because it has to be according to your will. But it does say that if I ask according to your will, you can do more than I can ever imagine. So I started asking God for crazy things. And I wonder today, what are you asking God for? I said, God, I, came, I come from a broken family. I come from a jacked up family. I come from a family that has nothing 
But God, I want to preach the gospel. And so why don't, you, why don't you put your hand on this and let's see thousands of people get saved. God, let's travel the world and let's preach the gospel. Lord, let's mentor the next generation. God, you're able to do immeasurably more than anything that I ask or imagine. And can I tell you, I haven't seen all of it, but I've started to see some of it. And I'm willing to go as long as I can possibly go to see as much as I can possibly see from Jesus. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not walking away. And I want to encourage you to take another step of faith and say, God, I am firmly planted and I'm not moving. I'm firmly planted right here in this church. Can I tell you, this is one of the greatest churches in the entire country. You have the best hip-hop preacher ever. You want me to rap? No, you don't. <laughs> I'll leave that for Pastor Jerome. You have one of the best communities of faith that you could possibly have. And when life is happening, whether good or whether bad, you have to make the decision. I'm going to be in the house of God and in the community of faith more than I miss. I'm committed to being in this room around people. I'm committed to serve. I'm committed to give. I'm committed to be in a, a community. Why? Because I understand the closer I am in relationship, hear me, this is for you. The closer I am in relationship, the more access I have. Your life is the average of the five closest people you spend the most time with. Law enforcement doesn't hate you because they came and arrested you because you were dealing drugs. This is against the law. And if your five closest friends are a drug dealer, guess what happens? You become a drug dealer. If your five closest people are positive people who love Jesus, guess what happens? Your life starts to get more positive and you get closer to Jesus. If your five closest friends are naysayers, are people that have bad attitudes, are people whose life is always going down the drain, guess what happens? It's what happens to your life. So the more you can be in the community of faith and the more you can be around people that are hearing from God and that are listening to the word and that are trying to grow in their faith, the better your life is going to get, the closer you're gonna to get to Jesus. I didn't say that there's nothing bad that's going to happen to you because bad things happen to good people. I still face trial, I still face tribulation, I still go through things, but the difference is I'm connected to the king and the king gets me through. Now I'm connected to Jesus and I know that he's walking it through with me and I've got no worries because I know in the end that it's going to work out because if God said it, God will do it. Your friend may have told you that they're gonna do something, but that doesn't mean they're gonna do it. But when God says he's gonna do it, God's gonna do it. If I could have my worship team to come and join me as I close Listen, Pastor Jerome gets three closings. I'm a guest speaker. I get five, okay? <laughs> right here. Hear me. Your life, your life with Christ can be and will be greater than anything you've ever imagined if you will stay committed to him, if you will stay plugged into him. The more I dive in to Jesus, 
the more goodness I see. My goodness is not attached to the size of my house. The goodness of God is not attached to the size of my bank account. The goodness of God is attached to the fact that he loves me and he cares about me. And that when I need healing, I have a healer. And when I need joy, I have someone to give me that joy. When I need peace, I have the peacemaker. When you stay connected to him, there are things that God will give you that money and fame can never get you. How do I know that? Because I see the wealthiest people in the world with the biggest of everything going and ending their life. Why? Because they're so miserable. I'm not saying that money's bad. We just came out of a generosity series. Money does a lot of good things. What I'm saying is you need to reframe how you view God and what the goodness of God is and realize that he's working it out for your good. And just because you're in struggle doesn't mean he's forgotten about you. He still remembers you. The Bible says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine. What does it mean that God can do more with your life? Well, I'm glad you asked this morning because I'm going to tell you. What it means that God can do more with your situation, with your life and your circumstance is that God can blow you away and do things abundantly. God can do things by much. He can do it better. He can do it beyond. He can do it emphatically, enormously, exceedingly, exceptionally. God can do things extra. He does them in great measure. He does them incalculably. He does them in addition to, incomparably, infinitely, the most, on a large scale, supremely, surpassingly, tremendously, vastly, very much, bottomless, boundless, endless, horizonless, infinite, indefinite, limitless, measureless, unbounded, unlimited. God can do more with you and your life. I love that it, I love that it, that he can do it incalculably. I love that because when you go to the when you go to the largest calculator, the best calculator in the world, which you find with my friend Google, when you go there and you type in the biggest number that you can possibly type in and you put it to the power of the biggest number that you can possibly type in, whatever the answer is to that mathematical equation, God is so much bigger than that and can do it so much better than that. So when you're staring at a situation that seems helpless and hopeless, know that there's a God in it ready to turn it around. When you feel defeated, know that there's a God there ready to pick you up and turn you around. When you feel like, oh... Hell has broken loose on your life. Know that there is a Savior and a Jesus that's just waiting for you to call on His name, to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that He is King and things are going to turn around. Things are turning around. I'm speaking prophetically in the 1130 service. Things are turning around. Things are turning around. Right now, in your situation, it is turning around. Look at your neighbor right now and say, it's turning around. Come on, say, it's turning around. Business owner in the room, business owner in the room, the Lord spoke to me and he said, the thing that you're stressed about, the thing that took the wrong turn, the thing that you're worried about, he says, I'm turning it around for my good and for your good, and I'm going to get praise in this thing. 
understand today that when they fired you, when you lost your job, that that job was never your source. Hear me today. We got a second worship team. The job is not your source. The boss is not your source. When the federal government shuts down, as it did in January, and hear me, this is not political, this is common sense. It will happen again at some point in history. You may lose a job again at some point in history. None of those people are your source. God is your source. Because the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So when you lose something, stop looking at a person, stop looking at a job, stop looking at a doctor and start looking at Jesus and saying, you're the source of life, you're the source of breath, you're the source of opportunity, you're the source of everything I need. And so I know that you're turning it around. The Waymaker is in the building today. He's in the room. And I don't know what you walked in facing. I don't know what you're going through. But I know that he has a plan. I know that he has a way. And I know that it's better than mine. It's better than yours. It's better than anybody I know because it's God's ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are better than our thoughts. And there's nothing that's impossible for God. Nothing. Nothing. There is nothing that's impossible for God. There's no mountain. There's no mountain too high for God. Sir, right here in the blue shirt, God is touching your body in a special way. From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, the Lord is healing your body. He's restoring it. He's making it new. He's putting it in line with his word. Every single cell is lining up with the word of God right now in the name of Jesus. Complete healing comes to your body. You are being touched right now in Jesus' name. If you're in this room and you say, Jamie, I need a special touch from God and I don't even care what my neighbor thinks. I'm just going to be brutally honest that I need Jesus to show up in my situation. I want you to stand to your feet right now and I want you to lift a hand, whether it's both hands high or whether it's right by your side, whatever you want to do. I want you to lift a hand or I want you to lift hands and I want you right now to begin to surrender to the King as the worship team begins to play. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray over you. In the mighty name of Jesus. God, we call unto you. You are the way maker. God, you are the restorer. God, you are the healer. All things are possible through you. God, you break every single chain. God, you break every single chain. God, you break every single chain. So I break the chains of sin. I break the chains of disease. I break the chains of cancer. I break the chains of sickness. I break the chains of poverty. I break the chains of not being good enough. I break the chains of suicide. God, I break the chains of mental disorders. God, I break the chains of iniquity. God, I break every single chain right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, worship team, sing right now. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. 
For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.